gentlemen welcome back to another episode of bomba breakdown the twins have been making moves at a steady pace you know we started out the first like few months without doing anything um we got hansel robles then finally and then after a few weeks after that we started picking it up you know simmons um you know again we just uh nelson cruz and then we've been making some some consistent signings um so last episode we recorded the night we recorded the night that nelson cruz was signed so we had to record another episode the next morning to kind of like give news on Nelson Cruz, <laughs> Cruz news, and then um, uh, and then Alex Colome, uh, the a reliever, was signed that day as well. But we had again, we had just we were just about to release that the, the episode, and we were like, we're not going to just record a whole other thing. We'll we'll just talk about it this episode. So here we are talking about it now. Um, Alex Colome. Um, signed he has played for the white Sox. uh he played for the white Sox last year actually and he has played with them for the past couple of years he was really he's been really good um he has never had an era above 3.3 except in 2018 he did or no in 2018 he did not i don't think um in 2018 yeah um anyways um yeah yeah that's right and then so yeah, he you know he's been a very solid pitcher. If you look at like last year's stats, he was disgusting last year, two and zero, which doesn't really matter as a, for, for a reliever. But he hit a point eight one ERA, a point nine four WHIP, um, five hundred fifty eight ERA plus, which is you know average. You know I'd say that's a, that's that's okay. Um, he didn't give up any homers, I don't think. Um, yeah, he didn't give up any homers in twenty two point one innings. Uh, I. Fair amount of walks, um, not a crazy amount of strikeouts. Um, this was always a guy I thought threw a lot harder than he does, but he, you know, part of it is because he has like two pitches, uh, and they're both fastballs. He has a four seamer, it's like sits around 94, 95, can top it out around 96, 97. Um, and he's got like a cut, he's got a really good cut fastball that averages around 80, 88 to 90, can again get up to like 92, 93. So, uh, yeah, what do you think about this signing, Malcolm? I think it's a very good signing. I think that we got him on a pretty good deal. And, I mean, if you just look at him, what he does, Max saying he struggles with walks a little bit, and it's true, he walks more guys than you'd like to see. But he just limits hard contact really, really well. He was in the 95th percentile for barrel percentage, which barrels are the combination of a hard hit ball and the right launch angle. So he just didn't let people hit the ball the way they wanted to hit it, and that's why he was able to allow no home runs. The cut – the best thing about a cutter and the way many pitchers will be able to succeed throwing primarily a cutter or sometimes in Mario Rivera's case, really only a cutter is that the way the cutter works is it just gets the wrong part of your bat and gets you to not square up the ball. Right. doesn't, it's not going to strike a ton of guys out, but it can make, it's not going to miss bats, but it just keeps the ball from flying out of the yard and puts it on the ground or just makes weak contact, which with the twins who are now one of the best defensive teams in baseball, that's a good thing to have. The other thing about it is that he pitched for the White Sox last year, so it just feels real good to steal one from them after they thought they were so good to take away one of their star players from last season. Um, for sure. Uh, the White Sox, I just hate the White Sox, man. I just, I, I'm, gonna, I'm never going to stop talking about how I hate the White Sox at this point. Um, but, yeah, again, column A, the cutter. So the thing with the cutter is it cut – the point is to, like, have it, you know, straight. It's like it looks like a straight fastball. cuts at the last second. Um, it For a lot of – 
pitchers, it doesn't cut enough to create a high whiff percentage, but it cuts enough to like, if a guy's trying to barrel up a ball, it'll cut um, in whichever direction, you know, the guy throws it, it'll cut that certain amount and it'll drop a few miles per hour and they'll get in front of it. They'll chop it. They'll do whatever to it, but it'll be a lot harder to hit. Um, he threw, he had a really good picks, Mitch, um, like pitch mix. I'm sorry. Um, like for example, in 2016, he threw a sinker, curveball, four seam, changeup, and cutter. Um, in 2017, he only threw the changeup, cutter, and fastball. And then since 2018, he's only thrown that cutter and four seam fastball. And he throws the cutter seven. Like last year, he threw the cutter 71 percent of the time. Four seam fastball 28.4 percent of the time. He has success. I mean, if a guy's having success doing this, don't really you don't really need to change anything. I've always been that guy who's like. If you're going to throw a lot of cutters and fastballs, try to maybe mix in like a curveball there. Um, you know, you can leave the sinker. You could leave the changeup. But like, because, you know, he's not throwing crazy hard. But if you get a good curveball in there, um, averaging like 79, 70, whatever, however fast you throw your, um, it looks like his curveball was like, I can't find his curveball speed here. Um, it was like 80 something, like mid 80s, low 80s. Um, but yeah, uh, again, his like where he is percentile wise um, compared to the rest of the league, he's a solid pitcher. Um, again, he doesn't like for his fastball velocity. If you look on like baseball savant, is not going to be the hardest, and that's just because he throws a cutter. But again, like his um, slugging against, he's on the 90th percentile for not for barrel percentage, 95th percentile. That's like one of the best in the league, Malcolm. Um, this this guy he knows how to pitch. He's a good pitcher. He's been a good pitcher. Six one two twenty five. He's a big guy. He's thirty two now. Um, but yeah, so he should be a really solid and trustworthy guy in the pen. And the fact that we got to take him from the White Sox, yeah, it feels real good. Let's talk a little bit more about the contract, the way it's laid out. The Twins signed him. It's five million dollars for this year, and then at the end of this year they have a team option, and if they pick it up for next year to have him under contract for twenty twenty two. They would pay him five and a half million. If they decide not to pick it up, they have to pay him one point two five million dollars as the opt out. So it seems likely that they would probably pick it up. Obviously, a lot of it depends on how he pitches for them this year, but I think they're hoping and planning that they will pick it up if things go well. But either way, five million <clears throat> bucks for a guy who has been one of the top closers in the game for the last three years now, and a good pitcher even before that is super super good deal and. You look at the White Sox, our big rival, they paid almost $18 million per year the next three years to get Liam Hendricks, who's a really good closer. But we paid $5 bucks per year, which is a third of that, to get Alex Colome, who's been about as effective. Admittedly, with like the underlying numbers not quite as impressive, the effectiveness has been very similar the last three years, and I see no reason why it won't be the next couple. Yeah, for sure. Um He's been consistent. It's not like he's had one or two really, really good years. Um, I mean, he had the most saves in 2017. He was an all-star in 2016. Um, And it's not even like he's regressed too much since then. Um, His ERA plus, again, has gone up and up and up. Um, Again, he had like a really good 2016. That was um, probably his best year. He had a 1.91 ERA. And that's like a full season pitched. Um, But again, you know his his he he was injured a little bit I think in 2018 or no I think he he just didn't play as much in 2018 um 
No, he you never mind. He played he played the right amount. Um, and then in twenty yeah, again in twenty nineteen he had a good year. Twenty twenty was insane, and he won't have the same twenty twenty. Um, probably, but you know, for him to return to even like a three sub three ERA, which is what you know c- could be, you know, that's a realistic expectation. Um, it would totally be worth it. You know, it's we've seen like Taylor Rogers were paying him a lot for what happened last season. We're still high on him. We still trust him a pretty good amount. Uh, Tyler Duffy, you know, like Alex Colomay is in the conversation with like Tyler Duffy, Taylor Rogers, and I think he's really underrated. I always hated him because he was a he played for the White Sox, but he's a very very good and underappreciated pitcher. Um, and again, I'm super excited. So I think we're going to get into some of the other signings that the Twins made. Uh, we, Hang on, Max. Yeah, before you do ahead. that, I do want to talk a little bit about his role next year. Yeah, for the Twins. yeah, for sure. We signed him. He's been a closer for a while now, and he'll definitely get some save opportunities this year. But I saw a quote from Rocco Baldelli that basically the Twins are going to do closer by committee this year. You're going to have three or four different guys getting save opportunities, with Colomay being one of them. You're also going to have Taylor Rogers, who's Twins closed the last few years. Tyler Duffy has been the most effective reliever of them the last couple of years. And then Hansel Robles, who was the closer for the Angels a couple of years ago, will get a few opportunities, so probably less of the high-leverage ones. But to have three guys with closing experience and four top-line relief pitchers who are all going to get mixed into this mix for closer, that's a really good thing to have. And I think that they'll likely um, – I think that Colomay will probably get the most save opportunities of any of them, having closed the most games over the course of his career. But also, I think they want to free up Rodgers to be more of like – their lefty matchup guy. I mean, like he can get righties out, but the, his pitches match up super well against lefties. So if the other teams got a string of lefties coming up in the seventh or eighth innings, you'll probably want to bring Rogers in there to get those out. And I think they'll keep Duffy as the primary setup guy to go through the middle of the lineup and make call the closer, but it'll be a mix. It won't be set that way. I think that'll be the most common way you see it, but it's just good to have the options and Rockwell Dudley will be able to do a lot with his different choices out of the pen. For sure. Um, and again, Rocco likes to mix things up. He used a lot of different pitchers last year. Um, it obviously worked super, super well. Our pitching was very good last year, especially our relievers. Um, again, you know, we we blew a couple games, but that's going to happen with every bullpen. Uh, we had one of the best bullpens in the league last year. And, um, again, we lost a couple guys. We lost Romo, Romo Clippard, Whistler, May. Um, so mad we lost May. I wish we would have brought him back. But, um, you know, that happened a while ago. Kind of over it now. Um, so now I think we're going to move on to a couple other signings the Twins made. Uh, so Ian Hamilton played for the White Sox as well last year. We really like picking up White Sox guys. Um, he was placed on waivers after last year and then the Phillies picked him up, I think. And then first the Mariners, the Mariners that's him, right. And then the Phillies claimed him from the Mariners. And now the twins claimed the twins came from the Phillies. This is, it's a bit worrisome, you know, to see a guy, um, he's 25 right now. This is his age 26 season though, I think. Um, yep. and you know, it's 26 seasons. He's still young. He's a very hard thrower. He can, you know, he can touch a hundred. He can, um, he's got a pretty good pitch, pitch mix. Um, you know, I, I think he could have a pretty good year. Um, he has a fastball changeup slider, um, uses them pretty well. He's a good slider. Um, again, he can work with Wes Johnson to improve it even better. But if you look at his like pitching numbers, they're not, they don't jump off the pages in the minors. He did pretty good, but in like 2018, he wasn't great. He got called down and then he got sent back up, um, uh, pitched about average, but then to see him just like wave so many times, um, kind of worries me. And, uh, again, I don't think he'll have, I, he might, he might be in the minors when we, when we see him first in, 
2021. But again, I really don't know because I, I I hope we see guys like Stashak, um, but we don't know with guys like uh, Waddell, Law, Gabo. Um, they could be in the pen at the start of the season. They might not be. Um, what are your thoughts on this, Malcolm? I think this is a good pickup. I think that just seeing a guy with a good stuff and the Twins are hoping they can take advantage of that. They've done that a lot. I don't know what his role is going to be. My guess is he won't start the year in the majors. He may be, he'll probably be up and down. We've got a few other guys we've talked about throughout the offseason of guys that will be up and down for that last spot in the bullpen. Um, but I think this was a good pickup. Just It adds more and more depth. And just having someone who can bounce up and down, it'll be a good thing for the Twins. And hopefully he can find something that he hasn't had before. He's only gotten into 14 games his career in the majors. He's had a 4.5 ERA, which is a 101 ERA plus, which is just like slightly above league average, about average. But if you can have that as one of your last guys in the bullpen, just an average guy, that's huge. And he's still young, got minor league options. So I think this is a really good pickup. Obviously, like Max was saying, we're worried because the fact that he was able to be put on waivers three times the same offseason is concerning. It makes you wonder what teams know about him. But the Twins do their due diligence, so I doubt they'd be just picking someone up if they knew there was something seriously wrong with them. So we'll see what this does, but I like the idea behind it, and we'll have to see where it goes from here. For sure. I, I agree. I like the signing. And there's not too big of a risk, you know? If he ends up not having a good season in the minors or, you know, potentially in the majors, um, we could, you know, wave him. We could um, say adios and um, – He'd be gone, and it's it wouldn't mean too much to us because we've got a lot of other good good guys there. But the Twins also made another trade this time. Uh, Lamont Wade was traded to the Giants for um, starter, I think, but I think he could be a reliever too, right? He's done both. He's done both. Okay, so he, but I'll call him, you know, reliever Sean Anderson. Uh, Anderson has been good. Um, He's super young still. Again, he's 26, and this is his age 26 season. Um, in 2019, he made his debut when he was 24. Had a not not a great season. He didn't. Uh, he was just he was just all right. Um, but then in tw- in like this year, uh, he pitched 18 game in 18 games, 15.1 innings. He had a 124 ERA plus. So he was obviously an above average pitcher. 3.52 ERA. That's not bad. He has a really good slider, a lot of bite to that slider, gets a really high whiff percentage, and he throws it most of the time. So he, to me, he could be like a Matt Whistler guy who nobody really knew about him, nobody really cared about him. I mean, that's not what I'm trying to say. But, um, you know, he's a guy where the Twins could pick him up, do some something good with him. And, um, I mean, I'm, I'm really excited for this guy. Yeah, it's a good pickup. You were saying it's a Matt Whistler comp, which is funny because the Giants are actually the ones who signed Matt Whistler, and then we traded – for a Matt Whistler replacement. But, yeah, I think the Twins really like his stuff, and I'm really curious about it, too. He's got a really good slider. It's got good spin. It doesn't move as much as you would like to see from that spin, but that's something they could potentially work on. And then he's got a really good fastball with good spin and good ride. And one thing I was looking at is if you look at his, like, heat map, which is it shows where the pitches go in the zone, he generally throws his fastball around the middle height. Whereas one thing Wes Johnson's been really pressing, other than the slider stuff we keep talking about, is fastballs up in the zone. And that's something he worked on, especially with Jake Odorizzi. That was a big improvement he made over his couple years with the Twins. We started throwing the fastball up in the zone more, and it was way more effective. And now I'm curious if they'll do it with Sean Anderson, move that fastball up in the zone a little bit more, can make that more effective, especially with the good spin and good ride it has. Could be a great pitch. Like you were saying, Max, he struggled 
a little bit in 2019, but a lot of that was his time as a starting pitcher. He let up most of the runs during that time, and then he was way more effective as a reliever, lower ERA. And so I think that that's probably how the Twins will use him this year. There's a chance he could get some spot starts, depending on how everything goes. It all is determined by health and what else happens with the rest of the offseason, which we'll touch a little bit more on later. But I think that his primary role will probably be as a reliever, and I think he's got a good potential to be a surprise, do something like Matt Whistler did this past year, and just people won't see it coming, but he'll be effective and can pitch lots of different roles. He can pitch two or three innings at a time because he has a starting experience. It'll be pretty effective, and I'll be curious to see where this goes. For sure. Um, again, he so okay, so he's got a slider, which he he's just used more and more. Uh, he threw it like when he when he got into the league, he threw it about thirty percent of the time, but he really liked it and it was really good. Um, bumped it up to fifty three point four percent of the time in twenty twenty. His fastball was at about forty five percent. Now it's at thirty eight percent. He just throws that slider so much. Um, he also does have a changeup and sinker. Rarely uses his sinker, but it has it has good. It's it's really effective. You know, if you're expecting, like, if you see that speed and you're, you're expecting, oh, it's a fastball, and then it sinks on you, you're like, whoa, what am I supposed to do with that? I didn't know he could throw, like, a slider that, like that, you know? I mean, um, you know, they see the scouting reports, they know he has one. Um, it says here that he has a curveball, but, like, in 2019, he threw it, like, 0.3%. He threw probably, like, one curveball. Um, then he has a, I think it was two, two curveballs, curveballs, but, yeah. But, yeah, again, he rarely uses it. Um, I, I'd like to see him use it, too. Uh, he has the changeup that he threw about 7% of the time. But, again, that fastball inside are his main. Um, so I, I think he has a good arsenal. Um, I'm really excited. He's an above-average uh, pitch speed guy. His fastball is about 95. It can, but it can, you know, it can, again, it can touch a lot higher than 95. Um, his changeup sits around 87, 88. His slider sits around 88, 89. It can, again, it can reach up to like 90, 92. He threw 93 a couple times with his slider, I think, is what it says here. Um, but yeah, um, I mean, he's a guy who will rely on his slider. And I think if he can improve his pitch mix and his slider with Wes Johnson, which Wes Johnson really, really, that's his forte. Um, he could be a really top-end guy for the Twins. Again, like Alex Colomay and Alshon Anderson, two new guys. We, we signed like Romo, Clippard as new guys, and they they performed so well in like 2019, for example. Um, if these guys can do anywhere near what, they, the, what those guys could last year, uh, the Twins will be set. You know, we've got a really good bullpen. We already had a good bullpen. We just improved it a lot. Yeah. Um, one last thing I want to talk about on this trade before we go to the break is – the person who's leaving, Lamont Wade. Um, I really liked Lamont Wade. He was good defensively. had a great plate discipline, which was really nice. He got on base a lot. Pretty good power. Just like he could do everything in the game that you needed him to do, which was really helpful. But he was kind of blocked for playing time here. He wasn't the best at any of them. And with Jake Cave as the fourth outfielder and Larnick coming up and just lots of outfield depth in the system, there wasn't a big opportunity for him. So it's good for him to get to go somewhere he can play. I personally like the Giants. They're my second favorite team, so it'll be cool to still get to see him a little bit. And he should get an opportunity there. And the Giants got a good pickup. I really like him. It's too bad to see him go, but we're happy with the return, and it wouldn't have he wouldn't have really gotten a chance this year anyways. Yeah, for sure. With all the prospects coming off that play outfield, with all the guys in the majors that play outfield, um, I could not see him getting much time. Uh, he... 
could be a bench bat, but I think he'd spend a lot of his time in the minors and he goes to the Giants where he'll be probably like a starting position. Um, well, this is really good for him. He'll get a lot of, get a lot of starting time. Um, I think the, I think this is a good trade for both sides, to be honest with you. The Giants needed a guy like him. We needed a guy like Sean Anderson. Um, this is really good for Lamont Wade. He can get more starting time. So while I'm sad to see him go because I really liked him, I'm happy for him. I hope he does great in San Francisco, and I hope Sean Anderson does really good in Minnesota. All right, I think we're going to go to a break. We'll be back to talk a little bit about league news and what we see for the rest of the Twins offseason. All right, welcome back to the next segment of Bomb Breakdown. Um, we are now going to talk about some league news. The, uh, the Twins obviously made some some good signings, but there's also been a lot of big signings around the league. Um, for example, um, probably the most famous, uh, the best free agent on the market, Trevor Bauer, just signed with the Los Angeles Dodgers. Um, it was a on, it was on Friday. It was a three year um, deal with a with free agent starter Trevor Bauer. Um, he actually confirmed it on YouTube and like on Instagram and stuff. He posted a video there. Um, he gets one hundred and two million bucks. Um, he can opt out after each of the first two years, which is very player friend, friendly. Um, it, okay, it's a record-breaking $40 million in 2021, $45 million in 2022. Um, this is for the former Cy Young winner. Uh, he works very hard. He is very um, – he – I don't even know the word to describe him. He's – a lot of a lot would call him problematic. Unique. Very unique. That's a good one. Um, again, he had a crazy, crazy good season this year. Um, the numbers in the past haven't backed it up quite as much. He had a very good 2018. But the numbers in general have not backed it up. Um, so, I, well, I don't think he'll have this kind of a season, the 1.73 ERA season. He could definitely be very good. And I think it's, it's a very player-friendly contract. Malcolm? Yeah, it's a huge deal. I mean, like, it's only – really, he's probably only going to be in the contract for two years. He has opt-outs, which means he can choose to be a free agent instead of taking the money for the next year after the first two years. So it's likely he'll pick up the – option for the second year to make because it'll be 45 million dollars which is the most pitchers ever made in a season might be the most the players ever made i don't know the way the angels work with mike trout's contract he might have a year or two that's higher than that but it's one of the highest contracts ever for a player in a single season so he'll probably pick it up next year but the next year is only like 17 or 18 million so i don't think he'll take him up there so he'll be a free agent again in a couple of years it's a risky move by him to bet on himself but this is what he's always done he said i'm just gonna go work really hard and they're going to see that I'm the best player out there. And so far, it's kind of worked for him. He got himself the big payday he was hoping for. And now he's going to a team that won the World Series last year and now added the top free agent this year. The Dodgers are ridiculously stacked. It's kind of crazy. They have – I saw a thing that they have three former Cy Young winners and three former MVPs on their team, which is the first time it's ever happened for a team. They've had three of each. Yeah. So um... just a really, really good team. And – not someone you want to end up facing in the playoffs. Yeah, the defending World Series champions just got a lot stronger. Um, so just I'm I'm kind of gonna also recap some winners and losers. Obviously, winner is Trevor Bauer. He, wow, 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 wow. It's a lot of money. It's a lot. It's a very again, like I said before, can't stop saying it. Player friend, player friendly contract. Um, so much money per year has an opt out option. So if he doesn't like it there, he can just opt out whenever he wants. Um, you know. He he's definitely winning this. Uh, I guess the Dodgers win this too because they've got they've got the money. They apparently, um, I don't know. I just that's it's crazy to me. The, some some other losers from this trade though. Potters 
other, you know, like rivals from, you know, anybody who has to face the Dodgers in reality and Trevor Bauer. Um, but I think a really underrated loser here is, um, <laughs> that sounds kind of mean, but somebody who lo- who like lost in this trade was Justin Turner. So they were saying that, so Je- according to Jeff Passan, um, uh, Passan, uh, the Dodgers were still talking with um, Turner after the Bauer deal, but he's 36. Um, he's not going to get that four-year deal that he wants. His annual average, his AAV might have shrunk. I would not be surprised if that's true. Um, there's 40, 40 million bucks, then 45 million bucks next year. That's so much money to commit to a guy. Um, the fact plus they've got the home exactly, bookie extension. Exactly. So I think I think the odds of them signing Turner went down by a lot. And like you said, the Mookie Betts extension. And then like there's no way the Dodgers can just have all of this money without and and sign Turner for a high value deal. So I can definitely see Turner going somewhere else in the league. Um, and I think a lot of other people can. Uh, there are a lot of different, you know, like Seager, I think is, I don't know. I Like LA is, um, like their payroll is like $125 million, I think, next year, which is crazy. What is the Twins again? It's like one. We're at 125, 128. That, that right now, I, me. I don't know. I don't get that. Is it because we, I guess we're paying? We've gotten up there real yeah, quick. We got up there real quick, but still, um, this is a really, really big signing, and um, man, that's oh, that's a lot of money. I that's all I really have to say about it. That's so much money for a guy. Yeah. Um, the other big signing around the league was Marcelo Zuna, the last of like the top tier free agents. Um, he was the other DH other than Cruz, who was a big name, um, had just a great, great year last year um, with numbers that were near incomparable. But he's terrible defensively, and he signed with the Atlanta Braves, who was with last year, um, which means that with no universal DH this year, the Braves will have to put him out in the outfield, which is a big risk to take because even if they're willing to do it this year, they don't know for sure if there's going to be a universal DH or not next few years and they're clearly betting that there will be a universal dh and that they'll have the dh national league because there's no way you want to have marcelo zuna play left field for four more years because he was really bad a couple years ago and that was when he was five years younger than he will be by the end of this contract yeah um it's it's kind of an interesting contract man i um i think oh he i think okay so i remember there was this play in like 2019 Really embarrassing for Ozuna. It was early in the season. It was like a ball that was it was mashed, but um, Ozuna scales the wall. It looks like he's going to catch it, and the ball ends like 15 feet in front of him. And he like face plants on the ground. It was just the most ugly looking play you'll see. I know that doesn't like that happens to everybody sometimes, but like this is this happens a lot. To just Marcelo Ozuna is a terrible defender. Um, I don't I don't understand this contract that much. Committing for that long to a guy for that much doesn't make sense to me. Um, again, you're, you're betting on the fact that, cause he, he'd be like a negative, like he would give you negative value in the outfield. Um, so that brings his value down. That brings his value down. And the fact that, okay, so no deal has been reached yet and there hasn't really been more offered. So, and with the spring training starting in like less than two weeks now, I, there's gotta be a plan made in the next couple of weeks and I can't see it happening. I don't think there will be a universal DH this year. I, and I think it'll be the same for the next few years. I don't think they're going to get that universal DH that they wanted. They might eventually, again, I, it really depends on the way baseball goes, but this is an interesting contract. I, 
Ozuna definitely wins this because again he gets that contract, he gets the the time. But for the Braves, like I, it definitely makes their team better. He's a very good hitter. That's not what I'm saying. But like to put him in left field, which is probably what they're gonna have to do, it's just kind of a it's just kind of interesting to me. I don't know. It it was a it's an interesting contract. Yeah, but it, I think it makes the Braves the favorites again. The For National sure. East, they're National League East. There's still definitely people who think the Mets are better, and there are people who before thought the Braves were still better. I was actually one of them. But I think that now they'll be the consensus favorites to win the National League East for a third or fourth year in a row now. But that doesn't really affect the Twins that much. We got our DH. He was considered someone the Twins might be in on if we didn't get Cruz, but we got Cruz, so we're not too worried about this. And I think now we're going to talk a little about the final. We're looking back on the Twins offseason now. They might have a couple more moves to make, but we were told at the beginning of the offseason, Twins would have about 120 to $125 million to spend. We've passed that already now. We're over the 125. We we're told was like the top. So I don't know where it's going to go from here. We don't know what the rest of the offseason is going to look like if the Twins have any budget left. It's possible it's higher now because they're thinking they might be able to get fans in the stands. But I don't know how much higher. But at this point, Max, how would you grade the Twins offseason? Um, okay, so before – it's it's really tough to tell. Because um, I think this Sean Anderson, Ian Hamilton, Alex Colome definitely boosted it, I think, by a larger amount than people would usually think. I'm going to put this at an A- minus so far. Um, I know That's a bit high. But I think it's also the Twins are an underrated offseason because technically Nelson Cruz could have ran either way. I was there was honestly a point in which I thought it was like fifty fifty that we signed Nelson Cruz, um, and I know there are a lot of other Twins fans that maybe may even thought less than that. Um, but we signed him. We signed Colomay, Robles, um, Simmons, who is one of the he's top two could even be the best defensive shortstop of all time. It's really arguable him and Ozzy Smith. I don't know. Um, but he could be a Hall of Famer at some point in his career, depending on how these next few years go. And, um, you know, he's because he's a better better with offense and he's not like that far behind with defense. Um, but yeah, it's been a very good offseason. And I think the Twins are definitely set to win the Central again. And to because I think the goal of the Twins was win the Central again, make the playoffs, be ready for the playoffs, but also give time to some of those like prospects. And I think the Twins did just that. Um, now we just need to make sure we have a locked fifth starter. We need to, um, again, solidify the bullpen a bit. Uh, I don't know how many more signings we're going to need to make. You know, with spring training really coming up, we can make a last-minute signing. Um, if we if we cut even last year with, like, 138 mil, um, I could see us getting a guy like, I don't know, Jake Odorizzi. Um, we could trade for a guy like Brandon Woodruff, Luis Castillo. We could get Paxton. Anybody really makes sense at this point. That would be a very, very stacked um, rotation with those five guys. And um, either way, it'll be really interesting to see what we do. What would you grab the Twins offseason so far, Malcolm? I would say at this point, it's like a B plus. Um, it could definitely be gotten to an A minus with the addition of a A minus or an A with the starting pitcher, depending on who it is. I think if you get one of those guys, Max was listed, it's an A offseason for me. I mean, you'll have gone out and added two reliable veteran starting pitchers. You've already added you've already added one. You could add another. You've added two guys with closing experience in the pen, plus a couple of other young arms we see a lot of potential in. You'll have added Anderson Simmons, who's a great defensive shortstop, and Nelson Cruz, who has hit like nobody else over the last couple of years. There's only a couple of other players in baseball that have been better than him. So 
I think it's been a really good offseason so far for the Twins. I think it'd be great to get a little icing on top. Another underrated thing about this is that all of the Twins, the Twins have only gotten players really through free agent signings. We traded Lamont Wade now, which is a lost player, but we haven't traded away any prospects, which to me is awesome because not only is this team now going to be really good this year, we're set up to compete for the next four or five, six years because we didn't lose any of the guys we plan to build around. The Twins still have a really good farm system. We talk about the guys at the top a lot, but we just have a lot of depth. And when we went through those top 18 prospects earlier this offseason, you go back and listen to that, Prospect Preview Part 1, Prospect Preview Part 2. We talked about how all these guys are going to impact the Twins, and we haven't lost any of them. So that's just – I think that's a really underrated part of it is that we're still set up to compete for many more years, and we put ourselves in a position to win for this For sure. Year. I think that's something else is, like, people are like, oh, no, this is our last good year because this is probably Nelson Cruz's last year with the Twins. It's probably his last year with the Twins, but that doesn't mean it's our last year of being good. Okay, Royce Lewis, Alex Kirloff. Brent Rooker could be um, a guy just like Nelson Cruz. Um, he could be a guy that produces at a high level. We can have a lot of different guys play DH for a little while. Um, I think our DH position is locked locked up, and we've got a good good DH position for the next, you know, however long. You know, again, we're going to use Rooker and all these other guys. Um, but I think the Twins will have a good team for a while. And we could – I mean, we're going to win the AL Central, what, like probably 15, 20 years in a row here? I don't know, something like that. Um, but, again, you know, we're, we wanted to be better than the White Sox, you know? And I think it was really close when the Twins hadn't made any moves and the White Sox had made all their moves. But after the White Sox signed Liam Henders for that much, I was like, oh, what are you guys doing? I mean, thank you, but what are you guys doing? Um, and then Ozuna signs with the Braves. Oz- Apparently, Ozuna was interested with the, um, with let's see, uh, with the Rays, White Sox, and Dodgers. If, the, if he signs with the Dodgers, that would have been oh, that would have been game over. But uh, the White Sox too, man. Like because they have what Edwin Encarnacion, who he's a power hitter. He's a power hitter, but he's not great at like anything else. Um, for, he's a free agent. Who's going to play DH for them? I'm trying to think of. They don't have a yeah, set DH so, right now. They'll probably use – at some point in the year, it'll be their top prospect, Andrew Vaughn. He's a first-base yeah. prospect. Or it'll be a Brave, and they'll put Vaughn at first base. But Vaughn, I've heard, is probably not going to be on the opening day roster. He's a real good hitter, though, and he'll impact them at some point. But that's yeah, for sure. Now. Again, and that's their top prospect. That's like a guy who he's – he's filling in a position here. And um, while many could argue the same thing with Alex Kirilov, um, this is a very weak position here for the White Sox where they've got – you could have a couple different guys play um, play their DH for the White Sox, but the Twins have so many different guys they can play from left field that in reality it's just like the fact that the, the White Sox didn't get Ozuna and then the White Sox really ended with Hendricks. And they had a good offseason. They had a good offseason. That's not what I'm saying. They have a, a good rotation. But the Twins, the Twins, I'm sorry, uh, have a better lineup, bullpen, and it's arguable, but I think they have a better rotation. And they could definitely make it – far and away like the best rotation in the central or not the in the central i'm sorry have a better rotation than the white Sox though um if they sign another guy and so I, that's why i think the white Sox they locked in as the best team in the central the favorites to win the central for the third year in a row and um that's why i think it is personally an a minus season because again it's not everything we wanted to have happen um but for it to be an A minus, you know, we have to make a good a good amount of moves. We have to lock ourselves up as the first spot, or not lock ourselves up, but we had to, um, you know, solidify our being the favorite in the in the central. And the MLBs keep saying, yeah, yeah. Well, is it the White Sox or the Twins? It's like I think the Twins have the AL Central. It could happen where the White Sox win it, 
but the twins are definitely the favorites at this point. And I think people don't really understand that. And um, so just don't act surprised that the twins win the central again, but definitely be happy with it. And I'm happy. That's why I'm happy with this off season. Yeah, we definitely won't be surprised when the twins win the central. Um, I'm happy with the off season. I don't think there'll be anything more. We could still see another starting pitcher signing. If there is one, we'll be sure to have a podcast to talk about it. Until then, you can find us on Instagram at Bomba underscore breakdown. That's B-O-M-B-A underscore B-R-E-A-K-D-O-W-N. You can find us on Twitter at Bomba Breakdown. We have an email, Bomba Breakdown at gmail.com. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever else you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening to Bomba Breakdown.